a real privilege to be here in Hales Owen this morning, normally at Rowley, um, and, and things are going great there, but it's great to be with you guys this morning, see so many familiar faces and new ones, which is, which is fantastic. You know, as we've been working through this series, man, I've been, I've been really inspired, I've been equipped, and I've been challenged. It's been great to start the year um, this way, but it's got to continue for me on a, on a daily basis. The health of our souls is so important. And uh, we've already looked at, you know, be still my restless soul. And you can have peace uh, this morning. You can have peace for a restless soul. You just need to be still. Then behold my disconnected soul. You know, in a world where we've never been more connected, we've never felt also so disconnected. But our connection between God and us can be restored. You can be as close to God as you want to be, and that's good news. Then we looked at, be healed, my heavy soul. Often we have a heavy soul, don't we? But God wants to bring healing to that heavy soul. And then last week, Jane did such a good job on be clean, my cluttered soul. And I'm talking about getting rid of some of the junk, you know, that clutters up our soul. And you know, why would you stay in a prison cell when Jesus has opened the door? Believe me, I was in a prison cell. And if that door was open, there is no way I would have stayed there. Well, don't stay in a prison cell when Jesus has opened the door. And the key thought that we've been tracking throughout the weeks is you're not a body that has a soul, but a soul that has a body. You know, we're not just a, a body with a soul tagged onto it. Primarily, we're a, a soul that has a body. And we looked at, you know, in the beginning of the Bible, in Genesis chapter 2, that when God breathed life into man, he became a living soul. When you have a, a living soul. But today, many of us here, we're living with a tortured soul, a deep sense of torture within. You see, we all carry around guilt, the some of the stuff we do that, that we're ashamed of, the, the secret stuff that nobody knows. And we're tortured. Our souls are tortured. And no matter how hard we've tried, we've not been able to deal with it. Maybe it's a habit. Maybe it is a sin, a hang-up, a secret. And it's got you hooked. It's got you hooked. It's got its hooks into you. And you just can't seem to shake it. You know, you're, you're not alone this morning if you're feeling like that because the Apostle Paul felt like it too. And we're going to do business this morning. Is that okay? I've got the microphone, so we're going to do it um, anyway. And I said, some, some, sometimes, you know, stuff is uplifting. Sometimes it's encouraging, but sometimes it's, it's challenging. But it may be challenging this morning, but I want to encourage you to, to push in because I believe your breakthrough is often as a result of something challenging, just on the other side of that. And I believe God wants to set some people free this morning. Romans 7, verse 15, Paul says this, I don't really understand myself for what I want to do, what is, for what, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. That's Paul there, the great Apostle Paul speaking, and I love how the, the message paraphrases this. It says, what I don't understand about myself is that I decide one way, but then I act another. Who does that? Doing things that I absolutely despise. 
the message puts it. We don't understand why we do it, but we often find ourselves there. You know, can you relate to Paul's words this morning? Can you? Are you really holy and spiritual and stuff like that? You know, I can. I can relate to those words this morning. You know, Paul admits he's tortured. His soul is tortured, and he's powerless to overcome some things in his life. There are some things in his life that he does that he despises, that he doesn't want to do. And maybe you've been in this loop before. You've done something you feel bad about, absolutely ashamed about, and you've promised God, you've promised God that you'll never, ever do it again. But guess what? You do it again. Maybe next week, next day, or even the next hour, you're doing that very thing again. And you find yourself living this dual life, an inside and outside life, a dual life in front of your family, in front of your work colleagues, in front of your friends, even in front of your church buddies. And your soul is tortured because of this secret. And as hard as you try, you've not had the power to change it. You know, it's like standing in a bucket and trying to lift it up by the handles. It's impossible. It's futile. And a disciple of Jesus, Peter, Peter describes this internal battle that rages against the soul. It says this in 1 Peter 2 and verse 11. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against the soul. And here, Peter, Peter's talking um, to the followers of Jesus, to Christians who shouldn't be part of this world, they're part of a, another world. So if you're not uh, a follower of Jesus this morning, you know I am really glad that you're here. You are very welcome. You know, this church gets a lot of people who have questions about God and are journeying to find more about him. If you're one of those people this morning and not a Jesus follower, then you don't have to pay attention to any of what I'm going to say. You can check out for a moment. I mean, you don't have to because it will make your life better. And I think it will make you better at life. But if you're not, you can check out. But if you are a Jesus follower, then you really need to check in. Because Peter is talking to the followers of Jesus and he's warning them that the soul is where the battle is. The soul is where the battle takes place. You see, we're tortured in our very souls by the things we've done. So we carry around a heavy load of guilt, which only seems to be made heavier by our inability to do anything about it. And the psalmist writes, King David writes how this affects his entire body. Psalm 38 and verse 4. There is no soundness in my bones because of my sin. My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. Wow, he struggles to function properly because of the weights, because of the guilt he's carrying around. It's like he can really find it impossible to put one foot in front of the other because all of that weight, all of the guilt he's carrying around. 
and this morning in the time that we've got, I want to help you be free from the weight of guilt, from all the stuff that tortures our soul. And you know, those of you that know me know that I love contact sports. I did Taekwondo for, for 20 years, uh, and I was all right at it. I, I won a few trophies, and I love rugby and football. But a sport I've never understood is fishing. And I don't want to upset any fishing people. Uh, nearly said men there, but people in the room, because I know that's your hobby and you're passionate about it, but I just don't get it. And I've only been fishing the once. And even then, I forgot the bait. And the only thing I had on me was a, was a piece of licorice. So I put that on the hook. And actually, it turned out all right because I caught all sorts. Come on, this is a really heavy subject. That's the lightest it's going to get this morning. You know, one thing, one thing that fascinates me about fishing, though, is how stupid fish are. They're just stupid. They keep going for the bait. You know, fishermen, they, they, they dangle a line with some bait, with some food um, in front of them. Uh, and the fish, they, they go for it every time. Here, little fishy, come take a bite. You might think it's food, but the moment you hook onto it, I'm going to pull you out and take you to a place where you don't want to go. And fish are so dumb. They fall for it every time. You know, you'd think once in a while they'd say, Haha, no, no. You know, there's a sharp hook on there. I've seen loads of my other fishy buddies be, take the bite and go flying off and never come back. But they don't do that, do they? They get hooked every single time. You know, we say swim, we, we say fish swim in schools, but they never seem to learn. And it got me thinking with this fish analogy. Do you have these habits where you seem to always get hooked? Where they grip you and take you to a place you don't want to go. In fact, let me ask you a deeper, a more clarifying question. What has you hooked right now? What has you hooked right now? And you haven't got to think about it too hard. What has you hooked right now? And no matter how hard you try, you just can't seem to break free from it. What is it? What's the secret sin in your life? that you would love to be free from. Huh. Maybe for you, it's the plastic card that says Visa or MasterCard on it. And you pull it out and you go online or in stores and you spend and you spend and you spend. And as a result, you're in a bad place. Maybe for you, it's, it's a little weed that you do recreational or tobacco that you roll up and you can't go a day without. Maybe for you, for some of you, it's prescription drugs or drugs that are even stronger. Maybe for you, it's a screen that has you hooked, where you watch things you know you shouldn't, and if anyone else found out, well, all hell would break loose. Maybe for you, it's a beverage that you can't control. You drink just to relax. 
Or even worse, you drink to escape. Maybe for you it's online gambling. You know, it started as a bit of fun, but now it's sucking you dry. Maybe for you it's a, it's a bad temper that has you hooked. A bad temper you can't control. Can't control it with your work colleagues, with your family, with your kids, even with your cat because you keep kicking it. Maybe for you, you cut yourself and so you wear long clothes so nobody knows. Maybe for you, your problem is stealing and you know it's wrong, but you just can't stop. It's got you hooked. Maybe it's none of those things, but you know what your secret sin is. And you know if that secret sin ever became public, well, it would be awful. So you keep that secret, whatever it may be, and you live every day with a tortured soul. Man, wouldn't you just love to be free from it? I've been doing some research on fishing, and apparently lots of fishermen do this thing called catch and release. They want to make sure there's enough fish for others to catch. So when they hook a fish, they, they take a picture, then they throw it back. Some lie about that picture as well. Ever, ever wondered, though, what it must be like from the, from the fish's point of view? You know, they get hooked and they're, oh, I'm so stupid, done it again. Can't believe I fell for that. Never going to do it again. But they're out of the water. They're getting a selfie. How good is that? And then they're released again. And they must swim away going, I'm free, I'm free. Listen, are you ready to feel free like that? And I'm not just talking about getting away with it. I'm talking real freedom because there's a difference. Are you ready to be free from that thing that has hooked you? And maybe are you ready to be free for the first time in your life? Do you want to be released from that thing that tortures your soul? Well, I'm going to show you how you can be free this morning, but it's going to require you to take two steps. Not one of the two steps, but both steps. You need to take step one and step two. You can't be free of your tortured soul unless you take step two as well as step one. And Leon mentioned this briefly in his talk when he talked about the heavy soul. But I want to unpack it a little bit more today because I think it's really important. And the first step you need to take is to confess your sins to God for forgiveness. And 1 John 1.19, it says, but if we confess our sins to God, he can always be trusted to forgive us and take our sins away. It's what he does. How does that sin that tortures you leave your body? The answer is through your mouth. God forgives your sin when you open your mouths, when you pray and confess. But come on, guys, let's get real. Let's get in the real world this morning, shall we? See, many of us have done that. And we find ourselves coming back to God again and again and again, praying the same prayers, making the same confessions, repeating the same mistakes. See, nothing changes. We're hooked. 
we get stuck in a sin, confess, repeat cycle. Sin, confess, repeat cycle. And you know, some of the best teaching I've had on this subject is in freedom in Christ. It is amazing, and I know many of you may have gone through it, but there's so many new people here. And if, if you haven't been with it in the, through it in the last 12 months, really want to recommend you, you go through it again. There's a new course, new material, and we're starting a Freedom in Christ course, hopefully daytime and evening in April. So please look out for that. It is for freedom that Christ came to set you free. And the tools, he gives us the tools to do so. But we get stuck, sin, confess, repeat. Sin, confess, repeat. And while God forgives us, we still find ourselves tortured in our very souls day after day because nothing really changes. Why? Well, I think uh, it's because we got the wrong idea of confession. I think our confession is incomplete, which is why we live tortured. See, there's a step two that so few have the bravery to take. I think the kind of confession that leads to genuine life change, that sets us free, is so uncomfortable and difficult that we don't do it. Let me, let me explain. You know, in the Old Testament, God promises Abraham that he's going to bless him outrageously. He was going to bless him with a nation. He was going to bless him a land with milk and honey where everything would be plentiful. And then through all the peoples of the earth, we're going to be blessed through Abraham. It was incredible. But there was one caveat, one really difficult thing he was going to have to do to experience those blessings. Do you remember what it was? God says to Abraham and all the other men, you're going to have to be circumcised. What? Guys, can we all agree here this morning? That's a tough step to take. Abraham must be wondering, why couldn't it just be a secret handshake, God? What about a high five? But here's the thing. This is why characters like Abraham in the Bible are counted as heroes of the faith. It's because at a critical moment, they took a courageous next step in their life. That's what they're remembered for. And why do so many of us live with a tortured soul that we can't get past? Well, it's because we're unwilling to take that courageous, often difficult next step. See, there's another aspect to our confession that you can't miss if you want to be free. Yes, you confess your sins to God, and yes, he will forgive you. But here's the critical, difficult, courageous next step that you need to take. It is confess your sins to others for healing. See, it's not too hard to confess our sins to God. Let's be honest. We can all go away, shut the door, and confess them privately to God. The difficult part is confessing them to another human being. And some of you are already saying, I am never going to do that. You've checked out, you've zoned out, you're thinking about your Sunday lunch. And this is why so many of us carry around a tortured soul, because we are unwilling to take that difficult next step. You see, we don't find our healing for our tortured soul because of not taking that next step. Listen, 
Listen to some wisdom from the brother of Jesus on this. This is James speaking. James 5, 16. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Wow. When you confess to each other and pray for each other, that's when healing comes. When you risk honesty with another person, you find freedom. You see, you no longer then have this dual life, this secret life. You take what used to be in the dark and you bring it into the light. And I'm not saying here that you have to tell everybody. Please don't. I'm not saying you go home and you put it on Twitter or on Facebook. But I am saying that you find somebody and tell somebody you can trust. And for me, this is why connect groups in this church are so important. They're a place of safety where people constantly pray for each other and develop the kinds of relationship where confession can happen. So you can't have, for me, relationships in rows. It has to be done in circles. It only happens as you do life together and start to trust each other. You know, I've got someone in my connect group that I can trust enough, that I trust enough to tell anything. And I can't tell you, um, I can't tell you enough how, how the, the, the freedom that that brings. It's incredible. And if you're not in a connect group this morning, head to one of our connection points after the service. And there are people that would love to chat to you and help you get connected. But here's the thing. Here's the one thing that I, I want you to take away from my talk today. If I could break it down to one sentence, this would be it. We confess our sins to God for forgiveness, but we confess our sins to each other for healing. And my one question I want you to consider is, are you going to take the courageous next step you need to make? And are you going to confess your sins not just to God, but to another human being. So you don't need to live any longer with that tortured soul. And can I be honest with you this morning as I bring this to a close? I'm going to anyway again because I've got the microphone. And I'm going to run the risk of upsetting some of you here. Some of you may dislike me for what I'm about to say. No, but if I wanted to be liked, then I'd sell ice cream for a living. And I'm only actually saying this because I don't want you to live a day longer than you have to with a tortured soul. You see, I've lived with some of these things, and I know the torture that they bring. So can I humbly this morning suggest that some of you huh, need to quit drinking? You have a, a drinking problem and you can't handle it. How do you know you have a drinking problem? Well, somebody in the past month has mentioned your drinking. You might say, I'm not addicted. Or try giving it up for the, for, for the next 30 days, and let's see. Let's see how you get on with that. You know, I spoke at another church just a, a couple of weeks ago, and I shared my story of how I, I once was an, an alcoholic and this guy came to me straight after the end of the service, a Christian guy, and he said, you know, as I shared my story, he's like thanking me for that. But what he noticed during, you know, what I was sharing 
that he was drinking a bottle of wine every night just to relax. How many of you know that that's a problem? Man, it affects you. And maybe some of you, you need to run the risk of confessing this to someone else. (laughs) Some of you, you need to quit eating so much. You're struggling with self-control. And when it comes to food, you have no control. You're way out of control. That's affecting your health. You know, health professionals say now that obesity-related deaths are are set to trump alcohol-related deaths. And you've got a difficult next step to take by talking to someone else about this. Then some of you men, and increasingly women, statistics say now that 50% and between 25 and 30% of women are addicted to porn. You watch it, you feel bad, you confess it to God, you promise you'll never do it again, and you do it again. And the only way you're going to get past this is to confess it to another human being, to someone else. And you might be thinking, nah, there's no way. I'll just pray about it more and I'll get over it. Listen, you've been praying about it for years, but nothing's changed. Some of you, you may need to forgive someone who's hurt you. And believe me, I know that's hard. I've been there. And you can still say to me, but Simon, you don't understand what's happened to me. Maybe I don't, but I do know what they did to Jesus. And he said, Father, forgive them. So you know, if you're better than Jesus this morning, you get a free pass on that one. But if you're not, you need to confess your sin, your sin of unforgiveness and forgive. Because man, it will set you free. And then some of you married couples here in the room, you you need to ask for help because your marriage is sinking fast. Again, you might be thinking, but if we ask for help, won't they notice that our marriage is in trouble? Man, so what? So what? It's better than your marriage ending in divorce. You know, people are really gonna notice then. And it may not be easy to take the next step, but it is the right step to take. And guys, please hear my heart. I haven't said any of these things to condemn you. And it may be something else that's going on in your life that God is nudging. You know, I've struggled with many of these things myself. And I want you to know that this is a church where it's okay to not be okay. We want to help you. And I'm also telling you the next step is going to be difficult and it's going to take courage. We want to help you with that and I want to encourage you to take it. You see, you've got to take it if you want to be finally free from your tortured soul. You see, you will be forgiven when you confess your sins to God but when you courageously take the next step and confess your sin to others, that's where the freedom starts to come. That's where the healing starts to come. So what are you going to do next? What are you going to do next? What are you going to do right after this talk? The challenge for you isn't going to be confessing your sin to God. He already knows that. It's not going to be God forgiving you. He's already done that. 
man, God's grace is sufficient for you. He doesn't want you to stop there. He wants you to move into holiness, to be totally free. And this often happens as we walk out our life with others. The challenge for you is to confess your sins to others, to someone else for healing. The challenge is to bring what was in the dark into the light. Hmm. As I come to a close, I want to invite the the band to, to come back for a moment. And you know, you can hear a pin drop here in the room this morning. And I'm fine with that. And it may feel as if you've had some open heart surgery done on you this morning. You've been opened up and you're like, ah, it's painful. Some of you may feel as if you've had a a spotlight shined on something this morning. And that's okay too. Because God wants you to have total light. To be free from all this stuff that is torturing your soul. You might think it's painful this morning, but it's more painful, guys, to not deal with this and to continue to carry it around. And this morning, I know the results of confessing my sins to others because I've done it to you guys, my family. (laughs) You know the worst of me. You've heard my story. You know my past, prison, and and all of that. But you know what? As I've told you, it's set me free. It's delivered me because you've encouraged me. You believed in me. You loved me. You trust me. You know the worst of me, but you think, hopefully, the best of me. And that freedom, it's liberating. I want you to have that freedom this morning. I want you to have that freedom that God desires for you. You know, don't keep things in the dark. Don't torture yourself any longer because you don't have to. Christ, Christ was tortured physically so you could be set free spiritually. Man, that's powerful. You may have had a spotlight shined on you this morning. But God sees the bigger picture. He wants you to be walking in the light, to be totally, radically set free. I want to finish with this Bible verse. 1 Peter 2 verses 24 to 25 says this. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness and live free not ashamed not condemned guiltless by his wounds you have been healed for you we're like sheep going astray but now you have returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your souls You know, in the light of this verse, these verses, verses, and in the light of what God's done, we can bring anything and everything into the light. Let me pray for you this morning. Take a moment this morning 
Father God. Yeah, a tough subject, Father God, but it's a subject you want us to get because it was for freedom that Christ has set us free. And this freedom is available. We may be in a prison cell, but the door is open. Father, you're waiting for us to walk through it. Father, you want us to be totally in the light. So if it feels uncomfortable, that spotlight shining on us, it's for a greater purpose. It's for freedom. And while God's, while God's presence is here, there's, there's two questions I, I want to put to you which are, are yours to, to respond to. And the first question is this. What hidden sin do you have in your life? What hidden sin do you have in your life? And you probably know it immediately. Huh. And then the second question is this, because it's just not enough to know it. You have to do something about it. Second question is this, who do you need to tell? Who do you need to tell? And I want to encourage you to do it in the next 24 hours, or you won't do it. It will slip and you will continue to live tortured there is freedom here this morning. I hope you know that. So Father God, today, oh, I thank you that you want to set us free and you've provided everything we need to do that. Father, I pray that all of us in this room and beyond the room, wherever you're watching, would be brave enough to take the next step that we need to. Today, it may be painful. It may be painful to listen to for some, but I pray as a result, it will break the pain of living with our tortured souls on a daily basis. Holy Spirit, prompt us and give us courage to always confess our sins to you, but also to confess our sins to each other. Father, thank you Thank you that the healing process begins when we do that. Help us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can still hear a pin drop. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. It is a tough subject. But it's one that will totally set us free when we apply it. You know, I had someone come at the end of the first service, almost in tears, and come to me and was like, wow, God has been speaking so powerfully to me all morning. And he's like, the moment I get home, I know that I need to pick up the phone and I know that I need to speak to the person I'm going to speak to. Man, that's the start of freedom right there, isn't it? That's the start of healing right there and God wants that for every single one of us but the first thing that we need to respond to is always Jesus you know Jesus is calling 
It's calling you to come to the altar. Many of you may need to revisit the well. We're gonna finish with this incredible song. You know, as you sing the lyrics, take them in. Respond to him first, and then you can respond to others. And I really pray that you will do that because it will set you free.